Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Good morning. I said good morning. I could tell you that I am supposed to be here. The reason is I'm supposed to be here is because I was minding my own business in Africa. And all of a sudden, uh, and I just, we were preaching the gospel at Gospel Crusades. Hadn't even got to the altar time yet. People were jumping up, being physically healed. Hadn't even finished my message. I saw the dead rise. I saw people being completely healed. People were looking down, and they would see healing already taking place. Uh, during the messages, the God was speaking, and he says, all right, I want you to preach this, preach that. And somebody would text somebody, and they said, I gave it to the Lord. And he says, um, uh, they would text them during the uh, sermon, and all of a sudden the person would respond, and that person was healed. God was doing things, and we were minding our own business in Africa, and all of a sudden we came back. And for a purpose, knowing that we're only going to be here for a short time, and that we're going back. And so, um, again, we thank uh, Pastor for the opportunity to be here. You know, we were building that stage truck when it was not popular. I just want to let you know that. It was a time when people were like, what's the point of this thing, you know? This mobile stage truck, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then the pandemic hit. And all of a sudden, at some Sundays, we were doing multiple churches per Sunday, helping them do services. And so it just so happened to be exactly the tool that was needed for the day. And, uh, but I want to thank you for the opportunity, Pastor. Um, also, Pastor, I, I want to second and confirm that uh, a Pastor had also called me as well and wanted to let you know again. So you, you got double whammy. He wants you to know he, you guys are loved. He loves you guys and, and looking forward to being with you again. So isn't that wonderful? By the way, we honor our pastors today. And, uh, you know, they put so much prayer, um, so much uh, time they're investing seeds, and um, they just want to see God work in your life. So I think that the best thing that we can do is not only honor them and pray for them, but also to do what they've been praying and hoping for, and that's to open our lives completely, 100% to God. How's that sound? Sound good? Amen. Well, um, this morning, I um, have a, a message uh, for you. I'm just looking for a podium that's maybe a little bit shorter, if that's, but I'll just do my best. That's okay. Um, but I have a message uh, this morning for you, and it was not a message that I was kind of looking forward to at first. And let me just point out, initially, I was thinking, Lord, people have heard this song like 10,000 times. They're sick of this message, probably, and I felt like the Lord was saying, no, somebody needs this message. So if you're that one person, um, look, God is making a way for you. Sound good? All right. Um, well, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer, and then um, we will uh, see what God has in his word. Lord, we thank you, God, for everything that you're doing. Lord, I pray well, that you would pour out, God, yourself, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray well, that you would pour out your spirit, God, on our minds, our hearts, our bodies, and our souls, God. Lord, I pray well, that you would uh, be with us today, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God, and I pray well, that today, God, there would uh, be people that would completely give themselves to you, Lord. 
Lord, I pray, Lord, that dreams and promises, God, that have gone uh, what seems like unfulfilled for quite some time, God, I pray, Lord, that they would see your handiwork in it, God, and your prints, God, your fingerprints, God, on their life, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd make yourself known today. Lord, we love you, God, and we need you, Lord. I pray, Lord, for your help. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Um, this morning, um, by the way, um, I was thinking, you know, I'd sent my uh, uh, sermon slides, and uh, it didn't make its way over here, I guess. It kind of came out blurry. And um, in the back, he had told me when he came here that he put everything on back uh, 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 background. And it just kind of hit that it made sense. By the way, I had this uh, bone. My ser- sermon today is called Boneyard. And uh, I had this bone, this jawbone, and and on the background, and you could see that was my initial background. But uh, with my points, kind of went with that. But then, come to find out, uh, it was kind of hard to see, and he changed it uh, some things to a black background. So you'll see my points on black background, and it made sense. It felt like the spirit was telling me that there's some who feel like they're in this dark tunnel of nothingness, this darkness. And you'll know, notice that during my message today, um, that if that's you and you feel like uh, God is speaking to you, and you feel like you're just completely away from that light at the end of the tunnel, that God has a word for you today. You've heard the message, or this quote, sticks and stones may ba- break my bones, but my words will never hurt me. I remember using that as a kid when a, in second grade when this kid would kick me in my butt uh, before uh, morning class. That was the uh, start of when my dad enrolled me into uh, kung fu lessons. Um, but uh, it started in 1830, that saying, which originated from, and it says something like this, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never break me. You see, while saying this, uh, while this saying may be true for some, for others, it was a lack of vision. Proverbs 29, verse 18, or promise that seemed to have went undone and unfulfilled. For some, it was life and the challenges that it would bring, the stress of having to make ends meet that would break them. For others, it was a pressure at their jobs, marriages, lack of, at- of attention or notice or a continual deterioration, an unending tent- tunnel without the hope of light at the end, like a constant dripping of water that would eventually bring about great ruin. The message today comes from Ezekiel chapter 37. It's about a man that God had spoke to. In fact, he took him to the Jabbar River, and earlier in Ezekiel, if you have your Bibles turned to, or your iPads or your phone or tablet turned to Ezekiel chapter 37. But God took him t- again to a place where he would often go and pray by the Chabar River. In fact, different times the Spirit of the Lord would tell him, go here and I will speak to you. It says something like this in verse 1 of chapter 37 of Ezekiel. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by uh, them all, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. 
And he said to me, son of man, can, you, can these bones live? So I answered, oh God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says, Lord God, to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So he prophesied as I was, com- so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. Mind you, he says, as he was prophesying, there was no delay. Some of you, God has promised something. You feel like these dry bones. You feel like all else has has gone lost. Like God has quit on you. And I just want to let you know that today, during the altar time, that as you prophesy, it will begin to take place. Amen? Verse 7, so I prophesied, and as I, was com- as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say, breath Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. I had to repent to the Lord this week because I have hated wind. I do not like the wind. Uh, you know, and, and as I was reading this portion in prayer, I felt like perhaps the wind is God's breath. Don't make that over theological. I'm just saying. Perhaps. And it says in um, verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O people, I will open your graves and cause you to come, to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, that I the Lord have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Amen and amen. Point number one, Ezekiel was surrounded by bones. You see, in John chapter 5, we see that there was a paralytic who for 38 years, he was next to this pool. 
And Jesus didn't go through the main entry gate. No, he comes to the sheep gate off to the side where often the sheep would go through, the livestock would go through for sacrifice. Interesting that Jesus would later become the sacrifice and that, that lamb. But here there was a man by other people laying on the ground, completely sick, unable to move. And Jesus comes up to him. By the way, John chapter 5, you see the story where the angel would come. You see, God healed people even in the Old Testament. And here this angel would stir the water, and whoever touched the water first would be made healed, made well. And Jesus looks at him and asks him, says, do you want to be made well? Why would a man who was uh, uh, plagued for 38 years next to the pool that would, the angel would stir, why would Jesus ask him that question? Why do you want to be healed? You see, I think sometimes we get surrounded by people. We have the coffee talk, the water cooler talk. We begin uh, associated with those people like us, in the same condition as us. Pretty soon, to be healed or made well, it's often time to uh, step away from the commonality, to, to step away from the, the people we've made friends with in our disease and sickness. You see, negative people often attract negative people. But what if God wants to do something in you? He wants to change you in such a way. You see, Ezekiel was surrounded by bones. Everywhere he looked, there was dead, the, the uh, lost dreams, there was uh, lost goals, there was things that never amounted much. The, here he was surrounded. Everywhere he looked, you see the hands that had one point put their full energy towards something, but had maybe fallen short. What about in Second Samuel chapter 9? where God wanted to bless a, a man named Mephibosheth through uh, King David. He was the grandson of Saul, King Saul. And here he comes and he bows himself down in front of the throne of David. He says, why would you want to do this to me? Why would you want to bless me? Be I'm like a dead dog. You see, sometimes as we walk through life, you know, I, I remember going through uh, having black socks with sandals on. My wife does not like that. Uh, uh, so sometimes I wear socks with my sandals and, um, you know, just with shorts. And sometimes there's just a little bit of skin showing. And, you know, and wife's not really a fan of that. And so anyway, um, but I was going through this field, and, and what did I notice? Um, contrary to my wife's uh, fashion, uh, I, I start to get these stickers in my socks. And I'm minding my own business and just going for a walk, a little stroll, and all these stickers start to poke. And it's like a, a tractor pull. You know, anybody's heard of a tractor pull before? It's like uh, the farther the tractor goes, the heavier the weight and the blade sticks in the ground. And eventually the tractor comes to a stop. Well, as the further I'm going, more stickers are getting in. And pretty soon my walk is becoming harder and harder as I'm going through the field. <laughs> and the same is for life. 
that when we're surrounded by the dead around us, we're surrounded by the unrevived around us. We're surrounded by dead dreams and goals around us. We're surrounded by the stagnant around us. We're surrounded by people who maybe have not given 100% to God, but only given a, a small amount, hoping to skid in. And here we are surrounded by this, by the bones. God wants to do something in you. But it's going to take, he, sometimes he has to pull the bones out of the bones to make something of it. In Africa, we have a saying that God has pulled us from the mud. He's pulled us from the ground. We were nothing. And he made us something. He changed our life. He turned it all around. I remember when I was standing in front of the oncoming train, ready to end my own life. I was running on fumes. I was running on empty. Businesses had failed. Relationships had failed. Money had come and gone. And here I was, ready to end my own life. I remember looking at that oncoming train. It was coming full force. I had no desire to step outside of the track. I was done. I was finished. You know when your mind is made up, it's like a hardness of the heart. And here I was looking at full force. I wanted to see it coming. I was done. But only for the Spirit of the Lord speaking. You see, there was not a pulpit on wheels. There was not a messenger preaching, but only the Spirit of the Lord himself. He said, my son, I love you. And I said, God, why would you love somebody like me? I've messed up my own life. My own life has been a car wreck. And on top of that, I have messed up other people's lives. My son, I love you. God, why here? Why now? My son, I love you. And that was the only reason why I had stepped outside of those train tracks. As that train plowed by, I could literally touch it. There are some people today running on empty, running on fumes. I remember playing on a worship team and yet feeling dead. I remember be helping out in, with offering and yet feeling dead. You see, point number two, Ezekiel was to prophesy to the bones. Point number two, Ezekiel was to prophesy to the bones. You see, the prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Elijah prays for the rain even when he couldn't see it. Believing that it was God who was going to make a way. I told my wife when we had left, we are getting ready to leave Africa, the one thing I didn't want to do. See, it had been 20-something years to get there. I had literally took a miracle to get there. We raised about 350000 for that. I remember we got a call. They said, doesn't look like you're going to, before we had raised all that, it, was, it looked like we were so far off. And um, they says, 
what about how about we uh, lower your budget so you could go on the mission field faster? All you got to raise is a couple hundred more a month, and you'll be good. I called another missionary. I said, how would it look like if we came on that amount? He said, oh, you'd be like eating top ramen. You would be barely making it. I called the people back. I said, with all due respect, I said, I'm not going to sign on the dotted line. They said, if you don't sign on the dotted line, taking the lower amount, uh, um, then just know if you don't raise your, your, your funds in 90 days, you will forever never be a missionary again. As hard as that was, I remember going on a prayer walk. God spoke. You see, I remember telling them on the phone, I said, what difference does it make if I have to have faith for this much or for this much, isn't it all still faith? Whether I have to raise a couple hundred or a couple thousand a month, what difference does it make? Faith is faith. In two days, $90,000 had come in in the middle of the week. It wasn't even a church offering. I literally listened to the voice of the Lord. He said, do this. And I did that, and it came in before Christmas time, so we didn't even have to stress about it. But I remember when we were getting ready to leave, we walked away from it all. All the money, all the future paychecks, everything, was just suitcases in our hands. And I told my wife, I says, it took a miracle to get here. It will take another miracle to get back. You see, but here's the thing. As our sister has sung this morning, that God is faithful. God will make it happen. Ezekiel was to prophesy to the bones. He was to, to speak to the nothingness. He was to speak it into existence. He was to believe when nobody else was around him to applaud him. He was to believe and prophesy according to the word of the Lord. Belief is not, or faith is not what you see in front of you. I remember when somebody had asked me, what's the definition of faith? And I said something like this, faith, the definition of faith is this. When all your resources are exhausted and there's nowhere else to turn, you can't say there's a medication over the, over the counter. There's literally nothing left. That's when faith begins. Knowing that if anybody can make a way, it would be God himself. You see, it's not about what's in front of you, but in the Lord God Almighty who is able to do anything above all that we ask or think. Point number three, Ezekiel was to experience life given to the bones. He was to see it with his own eye. As we see in the word, it, the Lord had spoken to him that this same thing that he's seeing is what people feel about themselves. They feel like they're, they're dead and empty. They feel like life hasn't gone according to plan. They feel like a dead dog. But we see that the Spirit of the Lord as he was to prophesy in the spirit of God promised that he would put his spirit within them. Acts chapter 2 talks about the spirit of the Lord came down like flames of, of tongues, like a fire. 
we think, oh, man, is that the only time? In fact, in Old Testament, if we were to do a little bit of research and digging, we would find that at the mountain where, where Moses was, that the people were afraid because they, they saw tongues of fire. They could literally see the voice of God speaking to them in the Old Testament. It scared them so much they had no idea. Very flames of fire were to come upon you and I to be uh, filled with the Spirit of the Lord. It would not be something that we would visit occasionally, something that we would dip our finger in, but instead be baptized in the Spirit of God. Like the fabric in the ink and the ink in the fabric, to be completely immersed in the Lord. God desires that you would experience his life and power in you. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Des this desire to know Christ, to make him known, to know him even in suffering, that you would experience God in your life in such a way that through every uh, uh, deep and dark corner of life, you would experience God. Here comes the worship team come up. You know, this reminds me in the early part of our marriage with my wife, beautiful wife, Heather. I waited nine years for her to say yes. Can you believe that? Nine years. Some of you are like, I'm waiting a year. It's forever. Nine years until she finally said yes. By the way, my wife is carrying our fifth child in her womb. I thank the Lord. But I remember at the beginning of my marriage, we were, uh, you know, you, you start to take on, uh, you know, I had my own debt, my own money issues, you know, and then all of a sudden we got married and now there's extra bills. You know what I'm saying? There's anybody like, yeah, I know, I know you know, somebody brought me extra bills. And here, minding our own business, no, just kidding, but, um, and the extra bills come and I remember I had a brand new 2007 Honda Element. To me, it was pretty awesome. It was brand new, first brand new car I've ever had. Has a nice little speaker in it. it. It did what you wanted it to do. I mean, it wasn't like an old car where you turn left and turn right. No, it was, it was brand new. You know, it wasn't Clankyville or Squeakyville. I remember, you know, there's, I've had vehicles where, you know, you, you're driving and people start to look out their window like, what's that sound? It's your car, you know. I've been there. But here it was brand new. And there came a time when took on these bills and here we had to offload. You guys can play something. And, and had to offload this brand new car. And, uh, I looked at it, and I says, to get out of debt. Anybody ever been there? Nobody? Just myself? Okay. And so, um, yeah, debt. And so, anyway, uh, we traded this thing and sold it. And I said, I, I told Heather, the only reason, the only way I would sell it is if I could get a moped in return. A moped. <laughs> My man don't want a Harley Davidson. My man wants a moped. And so I, I found this one. It was for $800. I thought, man, and we just got a little bit of extra uh, for this, from the sale that covered the debt of it to pay it off. But then it had just enough, just enough just to buy this 
this used moped, and here I was, you know, with my little 50cc going 35 miles an hour on a 55 mile an hour road. And here I came back from work, long day, and it was completely sunny. There was no clouds in the sky. I want you to visualize this, completely blue. It was a hot day. And I came home to our one bedroom apartment. We started out, and uh, by the way, in one bedroom, I mean, people say, hey, I want to bless you with this. And you're like, I can't fit in my house. <laughs> we had to say no to, like, good stuff all the time. And here I was. I came home from working all dirty. I got in the shower, and I was praying. It was a clear day coming home. Not a cloud in the sky. And I said, God, I feel like in my life, like I'm dead. I go to church and I leave empty. I'm running on fumes and nobody knows it. You see, if you were to ask anybody else, they would think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, he's full, oh yeah. But I said, Lord, I'm empty and I'm dead. I haven't heard your voice in a long time. In fact, I don't know if I was to hear your voice if I would recognize it's you. There's some here today just like that. I said, God, I'm going to ask you something, and I'm here, I'm getting wet, the shower's water's pouring over me. I said, God, I'm going to ask you something crazy. Something I've never asked you before. I said, God, would you put a spiritual defibrillator on my soul? And God, will you bring me not one, not two, not three, but four times. Four times what you had on the life of Elijah. I said, Lord, put a defibrillator on my soul right now in the name of Jesus. And when I said Jesus, all of a sudden, I thought somebody kicked down my front door with a shotgun and, and unloaded a round of a shell. I jumped out of the shower. The noise was so loud, the walls vibrated. I thought somebody had broke out and here, broke in our apartment, one bedroom apartment, and here I was buck naked on the floor, afraid for my own life. Mind you, mind you, it was a clear day when I came home. Heather's aunt could see from her office window, which was right by our place where we lived, and she said that she saw a lightning bolt hit the ground. Look, thankful it didn't hit me. But from that moment forward, my life changed. Oftentimes, God wants to surround you with the bones so you know where he's bringing you from. And then the next thing is, oftentimes God wants you to prophesy 
to the bones. When you can't, it doesn't, it looks almost like impossible. In fact, the main reason and purpose why the Israelites were stuck and stranded for 40 years in the desert was because some of the spies came back. And one of the Hebrew words that's used basically says something like this. I'm paraphrasing here. But it basically says something like this. That even God can't do this. It seems so impossible. The giants, life, the storms, finances, everything was in between you and what God was calling you to. And God wants you to prophesy to the bones in your life. And the next thing is God wants you to experience life given to the bones. Could you imagine seeing of Jesus and all of a sudden the finger bones start moving like Frankenstein being connected and the skin just starts to come like it's, it's being created for the first time you see God through this story of the bones is communicating to you and I that what looks to be dead and impossible and like nobody else could do it God's saying, but I can. But nobody else looking around. I know you're here. Nobody looking around, please. There's somebody here, this message is for you. If you were to ask anybody else around you, they would think everything's fine. But you feel dead and empty. You haven't heard the voice of the Lord in a long time. You feel like what he maybe have called you to, that maybe God picked somebody else, that he forgot about you, that maybe he had a, he had a change of mind. But I would tell you today, the answer is no. God never changed his mind. And if God would bring me off the African field to tell you this today, Maybe you need to hear it. If that's you, will you raise a hand? Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate.